When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. 6.30 Chad. Try settle in from the right-hand side. You've got Sekra pounding it around the boards. It's Dry Subtle throwing it in front, deflected wrist shot. Russell has it tipped home. And once again, in what has been a magical season, Patrick Maroon creating the net front presence and this time able to siphon one pass, Martin Jones. Patrick Maroon, two goals tonight, including that one. And that was your game winner, his 27th of the season, as the Oilers hold off the San Jose Sharks 3-2. Connor McDavid scoring a brilliant shorthanded goal in the first period. And Cam Talbot continues to write his incredible story this season. 38 saves for the victory. He has 39 wins on the year. One behind Grant Fewer for the Oilers' record in a single season. Thank you so much for joining us. It's 9.58. I'm Reed Wilkins with our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. The Oilers have won seven straight home games. They have won eight of nine overall. This sets up a huge showdown on Saturday against Anaheim for first place in the Pacific Division. The Ducks lost 4-3 in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. They're a point ahead of the Oilers for first place. Edmonton now two in front of San Jose. Rob, on March 13th, San Jose was first in the Pacific with 89 points. The Edmonton Oilers were fourth with 79 points. And now, a couple of weeks later, the Oilers with a two-point lead on San Jose, and San Jose's dropped the third. Well, when you throw together a streak like the Oilers have done as of late, uh, you're going to move up the standings, and you compound that with the fact that the San Jose Sharks are getting absolutely no puck luck and, and, and dropping game after game. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, it really is. And it was so exciting about tonight's game is the fact that this is a there's a, a strong possibility that this could be a first-round matchup. So you wanted to see how your team was going to fare against, uh, you know, a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. The San Jose Sharks are still good. I, you know, they, they're on this little stretch where things aren't working out well for them. That's a good hockey club. And the Oilers came out tonight, and they got the great goaltending. They got the fantastic goal by McDavid, timely goals by Maroon. And at the end of the night, the Oilers are, are, are here thinking, well, that was our biggest game of the year, and now we got to go to sleep and get some rest because two nights from now, we're going to have our next biggest game of the year. And it's so on and so on as the Oilers go towards their uh, on their playoff march. Well, San Jose's tough. <laughs> I mean, I know the Oilers have beaten them two games in a row. They beat them back in March, but... I mean, we mentioned the shots, 40-22 in favor of San Jose. Certainly a brilliant tip-in by Pavelski with six minutes left to increase the, the tension down the stretch. What do they do that gives the Oilers trouble? Well, they're aggressive, and they, they force you to make mistakes, for one. Uh, they've got a ton of speed, so they get in on You've got to make decisions quick. 
And if you don't make a decision, you're going to turn the puck over, and then they're going to pounce on it. They've got some players that are incredibly skilled. In a, a Joe Thornton, after all these years, he's still one of the best when the puck is on his stick. Joe Pavelski, great with the puck is on his stick. And they got player, defensemen that jump up in the play, like a Brent Burns. Uh, they have a team that's you know, similar to the way that the Edmonton Oilers play. Uh, the Oilers tonight just got a little bit more puck luck than the San Jose Sharks did and were able to come out on the, on the right side of it. Uh, this is a, I, I'd love to see an Oiler-San Jose playoff. I mean, that, it's exciting hockey. There's always something happening. Because both teams are so good on the forecheck, so good pressuring, there's a ton of mistakes that create great scoring chances. And, and it's an exciting game to watch. And sometimes it comes down to A, execution, and B, goaltender saves. And tonight the Oilers were better in both of those. 3-2, the Oilers win it. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. We're looking for a contestant to finish the play tonight and we're going to give it our fourth star of the game here for missioner allen auctioneering check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates mcdavid the first star talbot the second star and maroon the third star so the oilers do sweep them even though uh, there were a lot of good sharks tonight as well there, there were i mean hanson had a wonderful uh, hanson actually had a Gordy Howe hat trick yeah. tonight for for the san jose shark to me I, the player that i thought was outstanding tonight was darnell nurse i i really liked his game Every time he got the puck, he was jumping up in the play. He was creating. If there was a puck on the opposite side of the ice as him, the Oilers had the puck, he was going. He wanted that puck. He had good legs tonight, good speed tonight. I thought Darnell Nurse was excellent. He was my four-star. All right, so the Oilers take it 3-2. We'll go to the phone calls, and we'll welcome in a guy who's a couple hours ahead of us, Mike from Ottawa, checking in. Mike, thank you so much for calling. How's it going, boys? Doing well. Good, good. Uh, what a game. Wow. I mean, I, I tried to call in the last game, too. Uh, like you said, a couple hours ahead, so I ended up having to crash. Um, but, um, you know, so many things are being figured out this season. I mean, if you look at um, our goaltending situation for a while, we were kind of, Talbot was playing stellar pretty much all season, and he had a little bit of a dip recently, and people were wondering what was going on. But at the same time, when I reflect on it, um, we were kind of wondering, um, you know, if we could have faith in Bussois and where he was going to go. He came in for a couple games played pretty well, showed us what he could do. Talbot had a chance to reset. Now he's come back, you know, doing 100%. And I think that uh, when McDavid is up there getting the Art Ross trophy and the um, Hart trophy and he's looking back on the season, what do you guys think that he's going to be talking about what happened in the playoffs? What do you guys think is possible could happen? What do I think is possible? Well, anything's possible. That's why you want to make the playoffs. I think we've seen, we saw that in 2006 when the Oilers you know, just squeak into the playoffs and they go to the Stanley Cup Finals and they lose to another team that wasn't uh, anyone on anyone's radar to win the Stanley Cup. I, I think when you look in the Western Conference right now, there's one team that's above the rest, and that's the Chicago Blackhawks. You go by where they are in the standings, they're higher than everybody by quite a few points. You go over what they've done in the past. You go to the fact that this is a, the team that's won three Stanley Cups and their core players are still at the right age to play. So I think Chicago Blackhawks are the, the favorite from the West, but then you go through the rest of the, the, the seven teams that are going to be in the playoffs, there's not a whole lot separating them in points in the standings. They've all had success against each other throughout the year. So I think that going anybody can win. You get in the playoffs, you're only going to have to beat one team that would be heavily favored over you. And the Oilers, hopefully, and it doesn't look like, hopefully we'll not have to see them until the third round. So I think the Oilers, uh, with a little puck luck, with uh, the goaltending that they're getting, have an opportunity to do some damage in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, as we said before the game, Minnesota was the only team that it was 
pretty much impossible that the Oilers would play in the first round. And the win tonight, I mean, Calgary is now five points behind Edmonton with five games to play. This makes it pretty tough for the Oilers to drop out of the mm -hmm. top three yeah, in, I agree. The, in the Pacific Division. So you're likely playing Anaheim or, or Anaheim. Well, no, you no. can still play a wild card team, but you're you, this this kind of rules out Chicago in the first round yep. now. No, and I, second and second round. Yeah, no, then Chicago won't be till the third round. It'll be most likely Anaheim, San Jose, or the crossover, and, and the crossover could be a St. Louis or a Nashville. Or, or Calgary. Calgary yeah. yeah, so I mean, so there's a lot of teams in play, but Minnesota and Chicago will be out of play, which is good, because to me, Chicago is by far the strongest team in the Western Conference. And I know Minnesota's done very poorly lately, though they did win 5-1 yep. tonight over Otto. I'm always, I, I still think, well, you know, if they did it for 60 games, they, it's still there, right? I mean, it's, they still have, they have a good goalie. Well, yeah, they, they do, and I mean, it's just like the San Jose Sharks. What did you, is it 8 of 9 they've dropped, or 7 of 8, something along those lines? Uh, it'd be 7 of 8, yeah. 7 of 8. That was a pretty good hockey club we saw out there tonight. Every team, if you look, they're all very, very close in the standings point-wise. So it shows you that at some point during the season, every team has had a lull. And you just want to make sure you get it back for the playoffs. Minnesota Wild had a very good game today. Uh, they're a formidable foe. In the playoffs, you need good goaltending, good power play, good penalty killing. And if those things are working for you, you have a chance to beat anyone. All right, the Oilers win at 3-2. We'll go back to the phones in a second. We want to go downstairs right now, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's the winning goaltender, Cam Talbot. Uh, could be our first round opponent right there, or maybe second round opponent, you never know. But, I mean, we're definitely going to have to uh, go through these teams to, to make a splash in the playoffs here, and that's a big statement one for us. So what's it like when you're the goaltender and all of a sudden it's one nothing in the game early start? Get the team going here because you had no chance on the play whatsoever. All of a sudden, yeah, and that's what they looking at it saying, okay, it's still 59 minutes. Yeah, still lots of saves to make. That's how I saw it. Um, yeah, they I know they throw pucks to the net and they got good sticks in front, and that's what they do. They they have uh, a lot of guys that can make uh, good deflections. That was a good one. He put in the rebound, and then uh, Pavelski, that's an all-world tip in the third there. So, I mean, uh, they, they're going to float pucks to the net and get sticks on, so it's uh, we did a good job tonight of uh, limiting those chances and uh, only cost us a couple. Is there anybody better than Pavelski? Read that, Cam Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' room tonight. Talbot, over the last two games, has made 72 saves on 75 shots. That's a 960 save percentage. 39th win of the year for him. He just continues to be the backbone of a really good season for the Edmonton Oilers. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Fred to overtime open line. Hello, Fred. Hey, how's it going, boys? Doing well. I can't wait to host that show when the Oilers go to the Stanley Cup final there, Reed. It's going to be fun. Well, it will be fun. And you know what? The more I look at it, I don't think I'm not crazy about saying that because right now we're the us and St. Louis are two hottest teams in the league. We're, what, 8-2 and two right now. And uh, I like what I see. You got goaltending, you got good defensemen in there. Lucic, Maroon, Cassian. I love the way Cassian's playing. They're going to be a handful, whoever they play in the playoffs. And the only team I think we would have trouble with would be Chicago in the West. But, uh, wow, it's so good to be talking positive thoughts. The last 10 years, you listen to your talk show, it's been all negativity. Finally, we're getting a bunch of positivity. And this city's going to explode here in another week. You know what? We're going to see car flags out there, people wearing their oiler colors. It's going to be an exciting time here, boys. 
Well, it will be, Fred, and certainly there's been a lot of excitement in the building over the last two games. Fans getting excited, you know, late in the game when <laughs> the Oilers are, are protecting a one-goal lead. I mean, it's it's amazing how that that's what got the chant going tonight, and and we've played that uh, Jack Michaels call from Talbot's brilliant final minute against L.A. But, yeah, I mean, he mentioned Cassian and, and, and some of the matchups, and I think the, the theme there, Rob, is... The Oilers have a diverse enough lineup that if the tone of a game changes or the style of a game changes, they have enough guys that contribute. I mean, you're never going to have 18 skaters who are all huge body checkers. You're never going to have 18 guys who all play with incredible pace to their game. No, not at McDavid's level. But if you have a, a, you know, a bit of a mix of everybody, then hopefully you have somebody that can help you weather the storm or get momentum back if the style changes. Well, they're built to play any style of game, and that's what you have to be able to do in the in the National Hockey League because each series you're going to be playing a different team that might have uh, different strengths than the, than the team that you played in the series before. So uh, the Oilers right now have got guys that have accepted their role, and I think in the, the last number of years, I don't know if that was the case. I, I, I'm not sure that everyone bought into what they were needed to do and we're willing to do that. And sometimes egos have to be left at the door when you're told, okay, I don't need you to be this kind of player. I need you to be that kind of player. And uh, that was one of the reasons in the past that the teams weren't successful. And then another reason, and we watched in the third period as yet again, the Oilers are able to hold on to another third, third period lead. And I'm starting to think, okay, why are the Oilers so much better now in the third than in the past? And to me, it comes to uh, three different reasons. One, the coaching, there's a plan in place. And they come out in the third period, they know exactly what they're supposed to do. The second reason, the star players are buying into that plan. Sometimes it's not as sexy to play the style of play you have to when you're winning by a goal in a third period. But the star players are playing that style, which is, it might take away a little bit of their offense, but it certainly adds to their defense. And the third reason, and probably the most important, the others are able to roll four lines. So nobody's getting taxed out there because they have four lines that they feel completely comfortable putting on the ice, knowing they're able to do the job defensively. And I think those are the three reasons right now that you see the Edmonton Oilers having success late in hockey games while holding on to a lead. They've won eight of their last nine. They're a point behind Anaheim for first in the Pacific. We'll go back to the phone calls in a second as the Oilers beat the Sharks 3-2. Courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's coach Todd McClellan. Uh, these last couple games have been almost playoff hockey, hard fought right to the end, a lot of board play. Are these good rehearsals for your club? Definitely. And, uh, you know, I'd argue it is playoff hockey really right now. I don't know if it's going to get much harder or tighter than it has been over the last couple games anyhow. So I, I think we're into it already. And a um, little, little bit of a lesson learned tonight. We weren't on our toes um, early in the game and that's a typical San Jose start. They get going 10 minutes in and in the first 10 minutes and we weren't quite ready for it but we responded well after. So what changes? You do start slowly and then you manage to find your game and you're only down one nothing. What what happened? Well we found uh, guys were talking on the bench we found our legs but I didn't necessarily agree with them. I didn't think we were sharp passing wise. We had uh, errant passes. We didn't handle passes well and that fed their transition game and they got hungry in our zone and had us on our heels. Um, we started to handle the puck a little bit better, have a little more poise, put passes on the tape and in turn had the puck a little bit more in the, the second half of the first period. So, um, you know, that 
that got us into the game a little bit, and I think from there we were we were better than we were in the first 10 minutes. Coach, you're you're lining up now and beating the, the best teams in the division. Did did you see this coming this soon for your team? Did I see uh, us competing for the top spot in the division? Um, it depends when you ask that question. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, I wasn't sure. We, we had work to do. As the year wore on, we had some ups and downs. Um, you know, as little as three weeks ago, I thought San Jose was kind of running away with it. Uh, but they've fallen back to the pack, and, and we've won some games. Coming home from, uh, from the road trip uh, at the end of February, we played an awful lot. I think we played 12 of 16 games on the road, and that's a big chunk in this league. And we needed to get a little rest, and then we've we've played fairly well at home for the most part and uh, been able to bank points. So, um, you know, paid the price in February, benefited in March. Well, and the home record really coming along for the Oilers. I mean, up until about Christmas time, they were 500 or barely above at home. They're now 23-12-4 at Rogers Place, including seven straight victories, including tonight's 3-2 win over the San Jose Sharks. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10:14. You can call in 780-496-0063. We're happy to hear from Jim tonight. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Hello. Hi, Jim. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, sorry about that. Um, I'd like you guys' opinion on our power play. Do you figure we need to uh, bring in somebody or bring up somebody or what? No, I, what are we, third in the league right now, Reed? Third in the league coming in. Third tonight. in the National Hockey yeah. I don't think you need to do anything to the power play. We have the third best power so? play in the NHL. You don't think so? Well, we're third in the National Hockey League. Well, yeah, I know, but, but it just seems to me that they're struggling. Well, I mean, they're struggling, and even if they, if you think they're struggling, there's still 27 teams that are worse than them. I mean, this the power play power play is not going to score every game. It, it doesn't. I mean, you could put a power play together with Crosby, Malkin, McDavid, Burns, and Carlson, and it won't score every game. It's got to create chances tonight. It, it created a couple, but San Jose did a very good job penalty killing. And if you look at the other hand, San Jose, which has a ton of talent, uh, their power play did nothing and gave up a shorthanded goal. So. I, I like the Oilers' power play. I don't think they need to do a thing with it. It's third in the National Hockey League for a reason because of the consistency it's had for most of the season. And it's being led. Uh, it's got uh, two power play units you can put out there and have success. So I, I see nothing wrong with their power play. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point that it, it can be a bit of an up-and-down thing. The Oilers' power play over the last four games is 2-4-11. In the five games previous, it was seven for 19. And that's how power plays so, go. Yeah, I mean, a little bit up and down. I mean, sure, it would have been great to get one in the second period on one of the two-man advantages and extend the lead. And it would have been San Jose in their dressing room saying, we, if we would have scored on our power play, if we would have tied the game, it would have went into overtime. So uh, puck doesn't always go in the net on a power play. You just want to be create chances, and you want to have some positive plays, and the momentum continues in your way. And for the most part... This season, it has that for the Oilers. Let's hear what the Sharks are saying for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's head coach Peter DeBoer. Oh, you're never pleased when you lose. Uh, I thought our effort was there. Um, you know, they capitalized on, you know, we made a, a, a few mistakes, and they're opportunistic, especially, obviously, McDavid. And, you know, a couple of poor line changes in the first, and, 
you know, he gets any kind of room at all. You make a mistake when he's on the ice, it's uh, got a good chance to end up in the back of the net, and it did. Um, you know, but I thought our commitment to, to stick with it was there for the 60 minutes, and you have to give them some credit. They got some saves, and uh, I don't found a way. So, Mark Vlasic's been been on the ice for some goals uh, over the last little while here. And how do you feel where he's at? Yeah, I'm not worried about Mark Edward Vlasic. You guys got the start. You wanted obviously some at the top line with Pelski and Carlson is especially effective. Yeah, I loved their start. You know, uh, and obviously their, their goal took some momentum away from us and got us got them back in the game. You know, up until that point we hadn't given up hardly anything, and you know had a chance to get a couple, but. You know, that's been through this streak. That's kind of been, uh, you know, what we've dealt with. We've, we've pushed hard and, um, you know, haven't cashed in. And when you're not scoring, uh, you know, it is a race to three every night in this league. And the first team that usually gets there usually wins. And we've been getting to one or two too often. It's a big night in Calgary tomorrow again for this team. So can we just look forward now to that, that game in Calgary? Yeah, you know, this, this league doesn't let you feel sorry for yourself, so we'll pick ourselves up, dust off, and get ready for that game. Peter DeBoer, Sharks coach. Yeah, they're right back at it tomorrow night against the Flames. Oh, it's funny, too, that game tomorrow. Now, all of a sudden, you got to start cheering for the Calgary Flames. That's who you want to win that game. Yeah, so the Oilers uh, gives them a better chance of holding on to home ice yeah. advantage, for sure. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, ultimately, you don't want the game to go to overtime, so there's only two points given out instead of three. But, yeah, the Sharks have lost seven of their last eight and they they looked like they were going to comfortably take first place in the division and now they're fighting to uh just stay out of a wild card spot so that's another story to watch down the stretch here Oilers win it three two seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three we have john on the john. line hi john hi there how are you doing doing well go ahead buddy no, I, I was to finish the play. That's what you hooked me up for. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, sometimes people want to talk too, but that's okay. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. You can visit jetsetparking.com. You can also be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here we go. Pavelski will send it in deep for the Sharks. Talbot was hit and dropped. No penalty was called. All right, so that led to a fight between Hansen and which Oiler? The fight between Hansen and which Oiler? Yeah. Uh, who? Larson? Adam Larson. Pavelski will send it in deep for the Sharks. Talbot was hit and dropped. No penalty was called. Larson didn't like it. Wraps up Yannick Hansen, and those two will exchange punches now. Hansen throws a couple of right hands on Adam Larson, who ties him up and forces him against the end boards. Larson now lands a couple of clubbing rights and ripped the helmet off as the two tumble to the ice surface before being pried apart by the linesman. There it is. John wins. Finish the play tonight. Larson tangling with Hansen, who gets a Gordie Howe hat trick this evening. The Oilers beat the Sharks 3-2. More phone calls, more post-game reaction. You'll hear from Patrick Maroon, who struck twice tonight. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 
ice. Lemko will knock it down. Center ice burns. Thornton left wing. Pavelski a wrist shot block. Comes right back to him. Challenged by Klepbaum. 30 seconds to play. Still 3-2 Oilers. Ward to Thornton. Blasted Schlemko and a save. Made by Cam Talbot. His 38th of the night with 23.6 on the clock. He just keeps holding down the fort. Cam Talbot save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Talbot 38 saves as the Oilers were outshot 40-22, but they get the win 3-2 over the San Jose Sharks. Anaheim loses in overtime in Winnipeg. Oilers one point back of the Ducks for first in the Pacific Division with five games to go. This is fun. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Derek to overtime open line. Derek, you're on with Robin Reed. Hey, guys. Um, just wanted to chat real quick about uh, on the, at the pace like Connor McDavid's going. It looks like he's going to win a couple trophies here at the end of the year. Um, and are we looking at the highest paid player in history after his contract is done? I think so. Yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think they're going to ballpark him around? From what I understand, the highest paid right now is about 10 million. Uh, in all honesty, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm just double checking cuz um I'm just double Jonathan checking. Kane I'm pretty sure Taves and Kane yeah, got I'm 10 just, million. Yeah, I'm just here. checking the exact uh the exact total. I think it's 10.5. Yeah, 10.5 for Kane and Taves. Kopitar's 10 even. Uh, Ovechkin's 9.5. I mean, yeah, I mean, could it be 11 or 12 million a year? Sure, it could. The one problem, the one thing you don't want to do is give too much because then it takes a chunk of your salary cap and all of a sudden you're sure. you're looking for other players to fill spots. I, I, I imagine when they do the, redo the, the contract for, for McDavid and Dreisaitl, it, it's going to make, there's going to be salary problems. And there will have to be players probably moved because uh, they, the others have they have a line right now that's making $18 million between them. Right, and one guy can't be traded, so it narrows it down. Yes. And, I mean, we've talked about those players all year long. Now, so if you have a second line right now at $18 million and next year your first line is going to be Well, McDavid's will kick in the following year, but oh, you'll, okay. know, you'll know it's coming, right? Yes, that's true. Because he, he could sign an extension this summer, but he doesn't get paid that till the following year. But, they but also, Leon's going to be getting But they also, new. can't they rip his contract up and pay him whatever they want next year, too? No, his entry-level contract finishes next year. Yeah, can't they rip that up and then he gets give a, him a new one? No, you get an entry-level contract for three years, and then you get a new one after that. You can't rip it up? No, it's a three-year that's standard. Yeah, but, but can't you just re-rip it up, though? No, the rules have a CBA, and the, the, the CBA says you sign a three-year entry-level contract. Oh, I understand. You sign and it. And then you get a second contract after that. Okay. You can't, but you can't rip it up? No, it's a rule. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, why has it never happened? Because uh, well, there hasn't been a Connor McDavid. But why would the team rip it up if they have that player under their control? I don't know, because Connor would like it. 780-496-0063 will bring in Cam on the line. Cam, thank you for calling. You bet, guys. Um, I was just going to say that I was really surprised with how mature this team was tonight. Just, you know, the fact that I was expecting a bit of an emotional letdown. And uh, so I'll get back just the question for Rob at the end of that. And I was just going to say the other thing, too, is um, with McDavid, he presents very rare, a very rare skill set with his acceleration and his ability to get through neutral ice unencumbered. So 
I don't think he's going to take the beating in the playoffs that a guy like Sid did early in his career because I don't Sid was down low so much, and I think if you can get McDavid coming off the wall and coming off the rush 75-80% of the time and keep him out of that down low game, it's going to be a lot more effective because because they're going to they're not going to call everything on him. So I I just like to see him stay in neutral ice and come off the rush. Now Rob. You've been there. You won a Stanley Cup. You played with the best in the world. Had a great career yourself. Were you surprised that there wasn't an emotional letdown tonight? Or you know, are you? Is this team just in a zone? What did you know? I'll get off the line. And let you finish. But what did you see? Like you look at that team. I know you can understand the complexion. You can see it in guys' eyes. What did you see tonight? Are they in that much of a zone that they just you know they, what they weren't going to be denied? Or how did that work? So thanks, guys. Well, I, I think what you're seeing from this team is what we've seen all season long. They don't get too high off, off of wins. They didn't get too down when they when they had their, their losing streaks. They're a team that's confident in their, their abilities, yet aren't satisfied with just being a playoff team. You know, this is a team that uh, we, at, Reed and I, didn't think we were a playoff hockey club through training camp and the exhibition season, but the players all felt all along that this was a team that was going to make the playoffs. And then as the season went on, when, when they had big winning streaks and, and were doing so well, they were even keel. When they went in their, their, their long losing streak, it didn't seem to phase them. They said, you know what, we'll be okay. Don't worry about us. We've got, we, we know what's going wrong. We know how to fix it. So when they won the other night against L.A. and all of a sudden clinched a playoff spot, there was no celebration because for them, that wasn't their goal. Their goal, it changed over the course of the year. Their goal is to win a division. So when they won the, the game against L.A., they were happy that they qualified for the playoffs, but they also knew that this game was so much more important now because now they're playing to try and win a division. So I didn't expect a letdown at all. I expected them to, to realize the importance of the game. Just like going forward now, the next biggest game they have is Saturday against Anaheim. And I'm getting excited about these games. There used to be games where we would sit here and we'd be, oh, no, this is going to be an ugly one for the Oilers. Now it's the opposite. There's no fear. You're looking forward to those games to see how they're going to rise to the occasion. So I expected them tonight. I also expected San Jose to come in here and play very well, and they did. Just like Saturday, I expect both teams to play, uh, to bring a playoff type of atmosphere to the game, and that's what makes it so exciting for all of us watching. We're watching good hockey here in March. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Walter, Muhammad, Mike, Marty, Kevin, you're next on the phones. You'll also hear from Patrick Maroon. Oilers beat the Sharks 3-2. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers win for the eighth time in their last nine games. Tonight, knocking off the San Jose Sharks 3-2. They get goals from Patrick Maroon, who scored twice, and a short-handed marker. From Connor McDavid, first shorthanded goal of his career. Hansen and Pavelski scoring for San Jose. Cam Talbot, another great night in net. He makes 38 saves. Want to check the advantage trailer rental scoreboard here. Of significance for the Oilers, the Ducks blow a lead and lose 4-3 in overtime to the Jets. So Edmonton just a point back of Anaheim for first in the Pacific Division. Minnesota rings up Ottawa 5-1. The Leafs knock off the Predators 3-1. 
Tampa Bay outscores Detroit 5-3. The Canadians clinch a playoff spot by beating the Panthers 6-2. Bruins shut out the Stars 2-0. Rask in net for Boston. Hurricanes edge the Blue Jackets 2-1 in overtime. And the Flyers skate back the uh, skate past the Islanders 6-3. You can get us at 780-496-0063. And we have Walter standing by. Walter, thank you very much for calling. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about and knocking on wood uh, when I think about how easy it's been for Todd McClellan to fill in and to, to fill in his lineup card. I mean, the injury bug just hasn't hit this year, and it, it just makes you think that with such a with such a healthy lineup, it just gives them every chance to really go deep in these playoffs. No, that, that's a really good point, and it's funny because uh, a lot before the games, and we've talked a lot as of late that three things that really give you the best chance of having success in the playoffs is power play, penalty killing, and good goaltending. And I haven't said that, and, and you're right, health. Good health goes a long ways because it, it is a long, long march to the Stanley Cup. You know, four rounds, two months, it, it, is, it is a tough grind. And if you go in there healthy, such an advantage over, over the other teams. And you look around the league, there's a lot of good hockey players right now that are not playing. There's a lot of teams that are favored to do things in the playoffs that are battling the injury bug. And yes, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, no Tyler Pitlick, who's, who had, was having a good year, but a fourth line player, but the rest of their players are, are healthy. It is right now, knock on what as you say, uh, it is good for Todd McClellan and the Edmonton Oilers. And the Sharks, conversely, lost a pretty valuable guy a couple of games ago. We were talking about a pregame. Logan Couture got the puck to the face. And very noticeable tonight. I mean, that that's a huge player off their second line. A guy that's, you know, a point-to-player guy almost, a 30-goal score, not in the lineup. And in a one-goal hockey game, would Logan Couture have made a difference tonight? Probably yes. Three goals for the Oilers. That means a $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation for Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They're given $75, pardon me, $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. It's $75 tonight. Follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. We have Muhammad on the phone line. Hi, Muhammad. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, Reed and Rob. You guys are doing a great job. I am first first time calling in your program there. Thank um, you very much. This order this year is just a phenomenal team, man. They have the right ingredients, the right uh, players. They have gained their uh, confidence. They're not afraid of any other team in NHL uh, at large. So they're out there. They're putting their effort in there, and they're uh, trying their best, which where the result is right there. They beat this beast of the, the San Jose uh, team, which it was almost impossible before. When they've seen this, uh, the, the San Jose, they would they would be so scared to back off. But they just and, and then they always look at the, the, the scoreboard there upstairs, and when the, the, the game is going to finish. But this year is incredible, man. I am not a hockey uh, fan. I have never. Uh, played hockey and I don't even know how to skate but now I am so glued into the TV man I can and a big shout out to uh, Jack Michael there and Bob for the great job they're doing but Jack Michael is just uh, another guy I don't know what kind of uh, vocal cord he has but just make no mistake that this team this, this season is incredible and they're going ahead and I don't think they're going to lose if they haven't lost so far, 
they're going forward, and you will see. Let's just be uh, so optimistic, and a big shout-out to them. Good right job, on. you guys, and right on. Well, thanks, Mohammed. We appreciate you, you, you tuning in. I'll pass it on to Jack and Bob. But I think, and we've heard that before, Rob, even earlier in the season, and in December and, and part of January, we were joking about all the overtime games and, oh, it's tied after two again. But th- that is a change, and I think that has made it more interesting. For, I mean, the, the winning is the ultimate thing that is interesting for fans. But a lot of games are close, and a lot of games come down to you know key plays in the third period. So even the games the Oilers have, have trailed maybe after 40 minutes, I think that there's always like, well, they they might they might make it interesting. They might tie it up. Maybe they'll they'll come back. I mean, they haven't have won a lot of games by a blowout, and they haven't been blown out a lot. And I think that's good because I, there's going to be probably a lot of playoff games that are one-one after two periods. Well, you're right. It does bode well, and for a player to have the confidence to know that oh, we've been in this position before. There's no way, reason to be stressed out. They've played stressed hockey all season long, and they've excelled at it. They, uh, the way that their goaltender plays, it gives them a chance every night to be on the positive side. And they've got game breakers. And uh, that's what's so exciting about this team going forward is their stars are guys that are either young or signed for long term. This is not a team that's, you know, it's in a must win. And there's a few teams around the National Hockey League that there's a very small window that they've got to, they have to have success right away because their players, they're, they're, they're getting older, contracts are expiring, they can't afford them. But the others are a young team just learning what it's like to, to play in these type of games. And they must be quick learners because the success they've had uh, all season long is probably unexpected to just about anybody uh, around the National Hockey League. 43rd win of the year for the Oilers, 3-2 over the Sharks tonight. We'll get back to the phone calls in a second, but he scored twice tonight. Let's hear from the big rig, Patrick Maroon. Well, yeah, it's a playoff. It's, this is playoff for us. This is we're going to be playing these teams uh, eventually. If it's the first round, second round, third round, whatever, we're going to see these guys, and we got to continue to be in their face and uh, try and find ways to win, and you know, make them when they come in here like they don't want to come in here and play us. Uh, that's our goal. That's what we're set up to do, and we got to find ways and you know, make them scared that you know we are a good hockey team and we could you know do some work and find ways, but that. That starts with the guys in the room and being committed to playing defense and doing the right things and working at our blue line and certainly getting pucks deep at the other blue line. So, you know, that's between your ears and find ways to commit commit yourself and hopefully good things start to keep going our way. You ever marvel at how quickly Connor can flip things around? Like you said, a bit of a rough 10 minutes, but boom, he sets you up on the 2 on one comes back on that breakaway. It's just like two blinks of an eye, and you guys got two goals. Oh, yeah, that's that's Connor McDavid for you. I mean, he's been doing that all year, so that's a good thing. I mean, like I said before, uh, I, I tell all these guys, uh, he can take over a game whenever he wants and when he feels a need, but he's been... He's been our guy all year. He's been driving the bus all year. So uh, that's what guys do, and he's he's a true leader on the ice. Uh, so, you know, hats off to him. He's having a really good year. You just take us through your two goals, two very different goals. Uh, finish off a nice passing play and then in front of the net there, a nice tip. Well, yeah, Leon and uh, Connor made a heck of a play, and my job is always go to the net and hopefully find the puck, and Connor's always going to find me somewhat. I just got to find ways to put the puck in the net. So he did a really good job, and then... Leon made a good play out of the front, you know, broken play, found Rusty, and uh, Rusty just shot, and like I said, you know, I just get my stick on it, and hopefully good things happen, so, you know, big body just trying to go to the net. 
Also Read that's Patrick Maroon. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room tonight as the Oilers win 3-2 Maroon. I mean, <laughs> it's just incredible. 27 goals on the season for Patrick Maroon. And I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to, to belittle his abilities or the way he plays. I think you'll understand what I'm saying, Rob. If you have told me before the season and said Patrick Maroon's going to come out and get 17 goals this year, I would have said, great, solid season. He's helping out. He's got 27. If he, if you would have said he had 17 at the beginning of the year playing with Connor McDavid, I would have said that he must have been hurt half the season. Well, fair point. I mean, we didn't know he was going to be in no. that role. But, but, we'll, he, but he's grabbed it more than any other winger has, e either side. I mean, even even more than Drysdale on the right side because you expect the production from him anyway. He's grabbed it more than any other winger. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what we're seeing out of Leon is exactly what we expected. We expected him to be a star in this in this league, and he he sees the game very well, and he he's a, a great complement to Connor McDavid, and he has the ability to drive a line as well. But when you get a guy like Patrick Maroon, and, and we've talked earlier in the season when it was going back and forth, Milan and Patrick, Milan and Patrick, we said that the the one advantage that Patrick Maroon has going with that line, his hands I think are a little bit better. And we see that some of the things he does. I mean, he's—they call what is it? The, the big rig. He yeah. goes down. He's—he's—he's he's, he's got that play. I, I remember who was it that used to do it all the time here in Edmonton? Oh, Mike Comrie, the one where you threw the pull the puck up between your legs and kick it up, going around defensemen. Right. Big big guys don't do that. Never. But Patrick Maroon does. He's got the confidence to do that. He's got the confidence to make plays. He'll look off a Connor McDavid if he feels that someone else has a better opportunity. So he's fit in nicely with that line. He understands his role on that line, and he knows where to go. And when he gets the opportunity, I mean, they don't all go in for him, but when he gets the opportunity, he, he knows what he, to do with it. And uh, big goals, and those are the type of players that seem to come to the forefront in the playoffs. The guys that are, are not afraid to go to the front of that, the guys that score dirty goals, ugly goals, that's how you score in the playoffs. And, and Patrick Maroon has been doing that all season long. So 3-2, the Oilers win. they got to score five or more in a game for us to activate the Japanese Village goal light. That's on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. When that happens, you print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village, three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. 780-496-0063. We'll go to Marty on the line. Marty, thank you so much for calling. <laughs> hey, guys. i got one quick question for you, and the question is this. Since they came in the league... How many times had the Oilers beaten either San Jose or Anaheim? And what's the winning percentage between both clubs? Oh, I'd have to just <laughs> flip through the media guide here. Wow. Uh, give me one second. I can tell you that... Well, they beat them both in the playoffs in 2006. That was pretty important. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that led to a nice nice little run okay, in a crazy so, city for a couple months. So what are they now this year against San Jose? 2-1-1? One, and one? So all time against San Jose, they are now 50, 45, and 19. 50, 45, and 19. And he also wanted to know Anaheim. Mm -hmm. Okay. Coming into this year against Anaheim, they were 41, 48, and 7. And what do they have against Anaheim this year? Two wins and a loss? Oh, I'm missing a game. I think it's 2-1-1 one, and one right now for Anaheim. Well, we won there. We won here in overtime. They well, they won it's a couple two, weeks two ago. It's two one and one. Okay, so anyway, so it'd be forty three. The Oilers would be forty three fifty and seven against Anaheim. Make sense? Sure. I'm. You've got the book. I hope that's what I, trust I hope you. that's what he meant. 
some quick research there. Thank goodness for the Oilers, handy old Oilers media guide. I never carry it. I never not carry it. Yeah, you got it in your back pocket. <laughs> it just barely sticks I out. do. I always take it with me. Kevin is on the line as well. I don't know if he will have a research-oriented question. Kevin, what's on your mind? Oh, I'm not, I'm not that big in archives here. <laughs> uh, as, as usual, Talbot was on top of his game. But I don't know, is it me, Robin Reed? Uh, I noticed that he transported the puck pretty good tonight. You know, I'm just, uh, is it me or was he doing that all season? I, I, I can't recall him ever doing like tape-to-tape passes. Uh, no, he he, he he has. He, he's very good at it. Uh, you don't, he doesn't get the, the fanfare as some of the other goaltenders in the league who are, who are you know, Mike Smith with Arizona who's outstanding with it. Uh, he, but Cam is good at moving the puck. And, and there's certain teams that in your pregame meetings with the coaching staff, they'll say, okay, this team, they change like this. So when you see this change, we're going to send that guy to the far blue line, get it up very quickly. And as a goaltender, you read that. You read the situations. Uh, you're the, you got the eyes going for it. So you can tell if, if they're making a bad change. And, and, and San Jose did it twice tonight. Two goals were created because they made terrible line changes. Cam read it. And not only did he get the puck up quickly, it was hard. And it was on the stick. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there's nothing worse if you're standing at the far blue line and someone's passing you a puck up or the goalie's passing you the puck up and you're waiting. And out of the corner of your eye, you see the other the opposition coming at you hard and you're like, oh, I'm going to get run over because the puck's not here quick enough. Cam Talbot did a great job. And the Oilers were able to capitalize on bad line changes because of the quick thinking of Cam Talbot. Yeah, that uh, led to Maroon's first goal that tied at 1-1. McDavid and Dreisaitl got the assist, but Talbot was the one that started the play by firing it up. One of two Sharks to beat Talbot tonight, Joe Pavelski, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Yeah, for sure. You know, we got the start we wanted. Um, Played a great 10, 11, 12 minutes. You know, then they made a little push, and, you know, it handles the... you know, it's a tough one to give up, I think, on the, sh- the shorthanded one. You know, that's on us as players. And uh, Both goals were maybe on line changes. Just a couple of little breakdowns um, cost us tonight. And go from there. Otherwise, it was a pretty solid game. I felt there was good, good energy, good atmosphere out there, fun to play. You can, you know, feel playoffs are coming. And, uh, you know, it's a f- it was a fun game to play in. And definitely would like to get one there at the end tied up. That's Joe Pavelski. Brilliant tip in by him with 6.01 to go to pull the Sharks within a goal. They could not get even. The Oilers win eighth time in their last nine that they've put a W in the column. We'll keep going with the phone calls. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Sharks first of three and four for them. Here's a steal at center ice. Kajula shorthanded to the net. Rich John, and he rung it off the post. So one post for each team. Martin for San Jose, and Kajula second post of this many nights. McDavid makes a move to the net. Backhander score. Shorthanded goal, Connor McDavid. And Edmonton leads for the first time. Two to one. McDavid's 28th of the year. He leads the Oilers with 91 points, leads the league with 91 points. An exciting sequence there late in the first period. Kajula off the post, then McDavid scores shorthanded, first shorty of his career. That put the Oilers ahead 2-1.
They go on to beat San Jose 3-2. On March 13th, the Oilers were 10 points behind the Sharks. They're now two ahead. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. 780-496-0063 is our number. And we bring Rocket onto the airwaves. Hello, Rocket. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing well. I'm uh, sorry you caught me in the middle of texting a bunch of uh, lacrosse players I'm coaching this year. So, uh, But uh, what an awesome game, 2-1. Frick, that is absolutely amazing. Another stellar game by uh, by uh, Cam Talbot. And uh, just uh, I-, I wanted to bring up that caller, five callers ago, that said uh, he was wondering how the Oilers would come out in this game with so much on the line and I thought it was a great question because I, I thought of it myself I was wondering it myself before the game started just how Edmonton would perform against uh, San Jose and I have to tell you Edmonton Oilers fans you're going to the playoffs and you're talking about it you're talking about a team that can do it and has done it for the whole year and Rob I'll ask you this question uh, I think this team is going to come out of the West. What do you think? Oh, I mean, that, that, uh, I don't know if I want to make a prediction like that. Um, I, 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 as I said earlier in, tonight with Reed, to me the Chicago Blackhawks are the best team in the West. And until someone beats them, uh, they are, are my favorite to come out, just with what they've done all season long as well as what they've done in the past in the playoffs. After that, I, I think all the teams are fairly even and any I don't know if any the series would be an upset if either team won it because they're so close in the standings uh, I, I don't think there's any other team outside of Chicago that is a dominant team I think they're all good I think the Oilers very well could go to the the Western Conference Finals against the Chicago Blackhawks but then you could also say that about San Jose Anaheim Calgary also so I I think the the Oilers are seat are sitting just as good as any of the other teams in the West Conference because they got great goaltending, they've got Connor McDavid, and they got fantastic specialty teams, especially as of late with their penalty killing playing much better. 3-2 win tonight. We'll go to the phones once more. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, yeah, Reed, Rob, just a couple, couple thoughts again tonight. But, I mean, how about Dreisaitl and McDavid? Um, how much fun are those two to watch the, the last nine games? i got to tell you. It's something like I, something like I've, I've never seen the uh, the chemistry that those two have. Well, Dreisaitl with 16 points over a nine-game point streak. McDavid really not holding up his end. He only has 15 points over a nine-game point. But no, I mean, and and there are those two guys. When they come on the ice, you you can feel it. I, I mean, do people do you, do you get that vibe in the bill? I mean, it's an exciting building to watch in. Especially, especially, especially lately, but when they're on the ice, you know people know, and you can see even if they're back checking and they create a turnover and they they turn up ice, Rob. There's already that buzz. What are they going to do on this rush? And as as good as they are together, they're so different in their ways they play. I mean, Connor McDavid is you know exceptionally fast, and every time he touches the puck, it's pure excitement. Whereas Leon Drysaddle, he slows the game down. And he uses his size to give himself an extra second to make a play. And he uses his, his vision and his hockey IQ to find the right guy to get the puck to. So uh, two guys that play the game different but think it entirely the same. 10.58, we'll welcome Joanne to overtime open line. Joanne, nice to hear from you. How are you guys tonight? We're doing very well. 
Good. Um, I'm kind of changing the subject because I had coffee with my son tonight and we were talking about the players that we're going to lose to Vegas. Mm-hmm. How many players are they allowed to take from us? They, they can only take one. They're going to take one from each team, so they'll have 30 players. Okay, so they're going to take one of our defensemen, right? Um, well, they, they can take, the Oilers get to protect, and it is, what is it? You can either go seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or you can go eight skaters and a goalie. I think it'll be seven, three, and one is what they'll do. Okay, because um, our defense is so good right now, I'm scared they're going to just well, and also, wreck it. Yeah, you got to remember too, Joanne, that, that some of the the younger players or the players newer to the league don't have to be protected so if you've played two years or less you don't have to be protected so for example matthew benning is safe and they don't have to use up a protection well, spot on him so on our defense right now they're going to protect left bomb they're going to protect larson they're going to protect sakura then cleft ball or sorry nurse and benning do not have to be protected and russell's an unrestricted free agent so you don't there's no protecting him at all so out of the player, the sixth defenseman that played tonight, Las Vegas, is not going to take any of them. Fair question, though. And we'll yeah, be talking no, more about that question. in the summer, too, when we, uh, when we get down well, closer to the... You know what I like, too, is the NHL is talking about the fact that they're going to release the protected yeah. list. I think that's awesome. They were considering that maybe they wouldn't, so players wouldn't feel like, oh, my team didn't want me. But no, they are going to... Great are gonna, for you and I. It's 11 o'clock. we got to do a quick uh, news... Tr uh, sorry, Brandon, what was that? All right, we got uh, we got weather and news coming up here at 11. Couple callers still to get to. The Oilers win at 3-2. It's Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. 400 Canadian radio stations like 630 Chad. All in one free app. Download Radio Player Canada today at 630Chad.com. C-H-E-D. 630 Chad. Edmonton. Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Global News at 11 o'clock. I'm Mark Wolf, and it is a partly cloudy four degrees. An Edmonton police officer has been placed on administrative leave after shooting a suspect on the city's northeast side. Deputy Chief Kevin Brzezinski says it all began at around 6 o'clock tonight. EPS officers were following a male suspect driving erratically in his vehicle through the north end of the city. The suspect was being investigated for potential threats against the Edmonton Police Service was wanted on outstanding provincial warrant and was being arrested for two breaches. Brzezinski says the suspect abandoned the car near 128th Avenue and 54th Street and was then verbally challenged by officers as he tried to flee on foot. That led to a confrontation with one of the officers shooting the suspect who at last report was in stable condition in hospital. Brzezinski says the officer involved has four years on the job. He passes annual mandatory gun qualification. Now the province's police watchdog has now taken the lead in the investigation to make sure the shooting was justified. Montreal-based Bombardier gave their top five executives and board chair a $10.7 million raise last year. In 2015, the group earned $21.9 million U.S., and in 2016, that figure was $32.5 million. At the same time, Bombardier laid off thousands of employees in February. For the C-Series and Global 7000 projects, Bombardier accepted a $372.5 million loan from the federal government. Conservative MP Matt Jenneru tells Global News he's shocked by how poor the optics come across to the average Canadian. We would call on the, the Liberal government to, to help draw the lines here because 
there, if you go and you've given $373 million and now suddenly there's an increase in the executive salaries, it, it, it looks, looks to everyday Canadians that that's the, the line that's been drawn and it looks like taxpayers are funding this, this executive salary going up. Over the last year, Bombardier's stock price has risen from $1.38 on the 1st of April 2016 to close to $2.19 Thursday. Cross-boundary political sniping between Alberta Premier Rachel Notley and Saskatchewan's Brad Wall has escalated over Wall's attempt to poach oil and gas firms. Notley says Wall might be breaking regional free trade rules by trying to lure oil and gas firms over the boundary to his province. Notley's government's checking to see if Wall's plan violates the New West Partnership. The deal removes trade barriers among the four western provinces. Wall says he doesn't believe he's violating any trade agreements. Donald Trump is about to order a study on America major trading partners, Canada included, to determine which ones are using abusive trade practices to run export surpluses. The president will sign an executive order Friday demanding a study within 90 days of all the ways other countries allegedly pull a fast one on the U.S. through anti-competitive trade practices. The ultimate goal is to quantify exactly how much of the U.S. global trade deficit is due to supposedly unfair practices and seek remedies for the imbalance. Of all the countries, Canada is listed as having the smallest surplus. Meanwhile, the White House is refusing to say whether it secretly fed intelligence reports to a top Republican lawmaker. It's fueling concerns about political interference in the investigation into possible coordination between Russia and the 2016 Trump campaign. Meanwhile, an attorney for former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn says Flynn is in discussions with the House and Senate Intelligence Committees about speaking to them in exchange for immunity. Checking now, 630 Jet guaranteed weather, mainly cloudy skies. Tonight there is still a 30% chance of some showers. Uh, fog patches will roll in through the overnight as we dip down to 2 degrees. The sun comes up for 12 minutes past 7 o'clock. And after the fog burns off, we'll be left with mostly clear skies. Some 20 kilometer an hour winds towards noon and a high of 12 degrees overnight Friday. Partly cloudy skies, a low of 2 degrees. Then a cloudy Saturday and a chance of some showers with a high of 8 degrees. It is 11.04, breaking news when it happens. Your next report's at midnight. I'm Mark Wolven for 630 Chad Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Indeed.com, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring. Post jobs, manage candidates, and schedule interviews, all from Indeed. Get started at Indeed.com. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final at Rogers Place tonight, your Edmonton Oilers 3, the San Jose Sharks 2, Maroon 2 goals tonight, McDavid had the other one, McDavid racks up a couple of points, he's up to 91 on the season, having the best scoring year by an Oilers player since Doug Waite had 104 points in 95-96. My name is Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown is here as well. 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us, and we'll welcome Tony to the show. Good evening, Tony. Hi there. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing today? Um, just uh, v- very excited, obviously, with uh, what's going on here in Edmonton. Um, obviously, it looks like Connor McDavid is on his way to capturing a Art Ross Trophy as the NHL's leading point getter with 90, 91st point tonight. Um, 
Do you guys think it's out of the possibility that he could win the 10 Lidley Award as the best player voted by the players? I personally think that Sidney Crosby is a front-runner for it. Um, I do see McDavid as more as the Hart Trophy candidate or the, the front-runner there. But do you guys think it's a realistic possibility that McDavid could take the Ted Lindsay? I think he, there's a, a possibility he could take all of them. The Art Ross, the Ted Lindsay, and the Hart. I, I think uh, about three, four weeks ago, I think uh, Sidney Crosby may have had uh, a slight lead. In, in voting, I think that over the past little while, and the way that the Oilers have played down the stretch, the way that Connor McDavid has played down the stretch, and the fact that right now he's winning the scoring title, and it's not him and then Sydney real close, it's him, and then there's about seven guys that are very, very tight amongst them. I mean, a Brad Marchand, a, a Backstrom, and there's a whole bunch of guys there. I think that Connor McDavid has kind of opened up a bit of a gap, not only in the scoring title, but is a favorite to win the heart. If the Oilers to were to win a division on the back of Connor McDavid's season and, and Cam Talbot, but Connor's going to get the most notoriety because of it, they're going to go from 29th to coming in and winning a division in a, in a good division. This isn't a, a weak division. This is the, so, you know, the San Jose Shark went to the finals. The Anaheim Ducks are in this division. I mean, an LA King that team that's not going to make the playoffs is in this division. So uh, if they win their division and Connor McDavid wins a scoring title, then yeah, and I know for a fact, and I've, I, I I do events in the summer with players that play on other teams in the National Hockey League, and I, I talked to a defenseman who's a a very very good defenseman in the National Hockey League, and I asked him what it's like playing against Connor McDavid, and he said when he play when Connor McDavid or excuse me when Sidney Crosby a couple of years ago was having his great year, the year that he got concussed, but before he got concussed he was having an uh, uh, an out of this world type season. He said that is the best player I had ever played against until I played against Connor last year. Now he is the best player I've ever played against. So as for the players ranking the players and voting, it would not shock me if they voted Connor McDavid uh, the best in the world. He should win the Art Ross. He has a seven-point lead with five games left, and he actually now slightly by .01, but he has a better points-per-game average than Crosby. Crosby's only played 70 games, so he had a, a better point-per-game Mm -hmm. average than McDavid most of the season. Now McDavid is slightly ahead. That's that's going to wind up pretty close. But I think, I mean, you make a good point about the, the improvement of the team and, you know, a, a, a game tonight where McDavid's on the ice for all three goals and one of them is, is, is shorthanded. I mean, a lot of nights, I don't know if I want to say a lot of nights, but, but sometimes you can look at it and say if everybody else plays even, you got a good the chance orders, to win. The Oilers have Connor McDavid yes. because you know if the other eight, if the other seventeen skaters, I guess, are, are even with the other seventeen, and it comes down to best player versus best player, you the, like the your Oilers chances. Should have an advantage most of the night. I mean, the Lindsay Award is an interesting one that doesn't always agree with the heart um, voting, but you just see the the trouble even without this. I mean, the speed is apparent. But when you see McDavid night after night, the little shifty moves he makes. I mean, there were times tonight where there were two sharks around him, and he puts the puck through them and comes out the other side. And you're like, how nah. did he? How did? How does he? How does he do that? And most players mature defensively as they get older, just because they read the game better and they start to understand the work ethic and and how to counteract what other teams are doing better. And he probably still will improve in that. But he's already pretty good. I mean, it's not as if he stands out at center and says, hey, guys, throw me the puck. I mean, he, 
he back checks and he creates opportunities off his back check because he'll swoop in on a guy, steal the puck, back pressure, and then he, he has the ability to turn it up quick the other way. Uh, the thing that I find amazing about him is he, he has the puck on his stick more than any player, any game that we watch. It's, it's on Connor Stickmore. He doesn't turn the puck over. He doesn't make bad plays. He doesn't make bad reads at where the puck should go. I mean, not every time he makes a pass does that guy do something with it, but it's always to the right guy. It's always on his stick, and that is amazing because all the best players in the world turn the puck over just because they have it so often, but he doesn't. And to me, that's what sets him apart from all the other best players, all the other great ones out there. All right, so another exciting win for the Oilers. They hold off the San Jose Sharks 3-2. So the top of the Pacific Division right now, Here's the top three. They've all played 77 games. Anaheim has 96 points, Edmonton 95, San Jose 93. The Oilers are going to play the Ducks on Saturday. Then they'll go on the road to play L.A., San Jose, and Vancouver, and then host Vancouver next Sunday to close out the regular season. So that's the road for the Oilers that will determine their seating going into the postseason. Rob, great night. Going to be fun on Saturday against the Ducks. It will. We thought tonight was fun. I think Saturday's even going to be better. We'll have that one for you on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 6.30. The game will start at 8. Don't forget, Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll join you in the evening, 6 to 8, for Inside Sports. I want to say thanks to Brandon Gratz our studio producer back at 630 Ched. The engineer here at Rogers Place was Troy Bowler. More on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. The final Edmonton 3, San Jose 2. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Ched.